Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. For decades, health experts and doctors have warned us on the dangers of getting mercury contamination from eating fish. In fact, the FDA warns pregnant females to limit fish consumption because the mercury could be dangerous to the unborn child. The FDA doesn't warn the public of the possible dangers of any other food, just fish. Then there are all the media reports on polluted waters and how fish are no longer safe to consume. And of course, there are those that worry about getting parasites from eating fish. Fish has been labeled as the black sheep of all foods. And I'm here to tell you, there's something fishy going on here, folks. Today, I will debunk these fish myths and share why wild-caught fish is the healthiest thing you should be eating. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. You know, figuring out what we should and shouldn't be eating can be very frustrating. I mean, it seems like every year there's a new diet touted as being the key to losing weight and reaching our optimal health. And one day we're told a certain food is bad for us. A few months later, the headline reads, nope, it's now good for us. This confusion is what motivated me to embark on a six-year mission to figuring out the never-ending diet debacle. In addition to conducting my own clinical research, I also reviewed more than a thousand unbiased scientific studies and interviewed over a hundred scientists and world-renowned doctors. This culmination of work is showcased in my international award-winning number one best-selling book, Food Sanity, How to Eat in a World of Fads and Fiction. And you know, one of of my favorite chapters to write was the fish chapter. You know, as a child, there was nothing I enjoyed more than going fishing with my father and eating the day's catch. But as I got older, I, I have to admit, every time I'd eat fish, I would feel uneasy about it. Why? Because some of the most respected doctors and scientists and world-renowned health experts were saying, we need to cut back or completely eliminate fish from our diet. So I was uneasy eating it because I was bombarded with this information. First, I have to say, fish is among the healthiest foods on the planet. In addition to being a great source of protein, fish also contains omega-3 fatty acids, which are incredibly important to the body and the brain. Omega-3 fatty acids help to fight inflammation, the underlying cause of chronic diseases like arthritis, Alzheimer's, and heart disease. Fish also helps lower cholesterol, blood pressure, and combats depression. In Food Sanity, I share many scientific studies on the benefits of eating fish. One that I'll cover is a 16-year study by Harvard School of Public Health, which showed that eating two portions of fatty fish a week could cut the risk of death from heart disease by 36%. Also, people that eat fish have a 27% decrease in overall mortality risk. So that's what that study says. And then they went on to talk about cultures around the world that eat more fish, live the longest and healthiest lives. But unfortunately, in spite of all the great science proving the health benefits of consuming fish, they still have a bad reputation. And when I ask my patients, hey, do you eat fish? The majority always respond with that same response. They go, nope. They've either completely boycotted it. They say for two reasons, mercury poisoning and water pollution. Those are the two reasons they give me. So first, let's address the problem of pollution. 70% of the Earth's surface consists of uninhabited water. Pollution takes place on land where humans live. 
emissions from industries and crop dusting and home fumigation, cleaning products, pesticides, trucks, trains, cars, and other environmental pollutants, all of these put harmful chemicals into the air and the ground. We breathe this pollution. It ends up in our soil, and it ends up on our fruits and our plants, vegetables. It's ingested by the cows, the pigs, and the chickens we eat. Why are fish put on this high-pollution pedestal? Think about it. The ocean is roughly seven miles deep. Now, to put that into perspective, the highest a commercial airline will fly is 6.7 miles. So, if you're ever in an airplane and you've looked out that window while on a flight, that's a pretty good sense of how incredibly deep down our oceans go. Considering the tremendous dilution factor, I have to ask you, if polluted waters is your reason for not eating fish, why do you eat food from polluted land? Unlike land, the oceans have a miraculous microorganisms that actually help clean our polluted waters. Do you remember back in 2010 what happened after the BP oil spill? We were told by scientists that the polluted waters would kill all sea life and it could take over a century before it would be safe for us to eat seafood from that region. I remember reading scientists predicting that the BP oil spill would contaminate the coast off of Florida all the way up the coast of New York, leaving millions of fishermen, seafood markets, and seafood restaurants out of business. Now, luckily that didn't happen. What these scientists didn't realize at the time was the ocean has self-sufficient microorganisms that ate up a considerable portion of that oil, kind of like Pac-Men. Thanks in part to this natural purification system in our oceans, it's now safe to eat seafood that's caught in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, so what about the dangers of mercury levels in fish, right? That's the big scare. Well, first of all, it's important to know that mercury is a naturally occurring element found in the soil, air, water, and food. It can be in metal form as mercury salts or as organic mercury compounds. Mercury enters the environment as a result from a normal breakdown of minerals in the rocks and soil through exposure to things like wind and rain. You know, we hear all about the dangers of mercury in fish, but cattle products also contain mercury. So do mushrooms and various other crops in agriculture. High fructose corn syrup, it's a common sweetener used in fruit juices, salad dressings, and condiments, contains mercury. In fact, in a study published by the Environmental Health, researchers found mercury in 9 of 20 samples of commercial high-fructose corn syrup. Another study conducted by the Institute of Agriculture and Trade Policy found that nearly 1 in 3 of 55 brand-name foods contained mercury. You know, the FDA and the EPA, they've advised young children and pregnant females or nursing mothers to eat fish that are low in mercury content. And, you know, eating fish that's higher in mercury is believed to cause a health risk to an unborn baby or young child's developing brain. And let's talk about that. You know, the mercury level in fish, they've measured it and it's in parts per million. The fish with the highest levels of mercury contain around 0.6 parts per million. Now that's only zero, this is 0.0006% mercury. That's extremely diluted concentration. That would be, to give you an idea, that would be the equivalent of one penny in $20,000. Very diluted. The truth is, people who live in fear of eating fish because of the mercury levels, guess what? They've been manipulated by the media. 
Let me state for the record first, if you're exposed to large enough amounts of mercury, it can lead to debilitating damage to the brain, kidney, and lungs. So why should we not be concerned then with the minuscule amount of mercury found in some species of fish? Because mercury cannot cause humans harm unless it occurs in extremely high enough amounts to inhibit selenium-dependent enzymes, which naturally protect the cells of the brain. So in other words, if fish contains more selenium than mercury, it cancels out the mercury that is absorbed by the body. In Food Sanity, I share a chart of 19 of the most commonly eaten fish. All of them, except for the mako shark, have more selenium than mercury. Okay, so play it safe, folks. If you see mako shark on the menu, don't order it. The other wild-caught fish are good for you. Naturally derived mercury found in fish is not a health concern. And, you know, during my research, and I, I, folks, I researched this. I eat fish. If it's not good for me, I don't want it in my body. So trust me, I did this for me, not just you. I don't want to eat fish if it's bad for me. And I just couldn't find any scientific proof that the minuscule amount of naturally occurring American fish can cause any health concerns. On the contrary, during my research, I found that there exists evidence showing that a dangerous source of mercury that Americans do put in their mouths every day does seem to cause problems and it doesn't get any media attention. It's called dental fillings. The mercury in amalgam fillings called elemental mercury releases small amounts of mercury vapor, a substance that at high levels can be toxic to the brain and kidneys. These remain a permanent part of the mouth and cause a constant exposure to mercury. The International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology showed that the body absorbs as much as 27 parts per million of mercury per day. Now, that's the equivalent of 250,000 pennies in $20,000 every single day. Compare that to an eight ounce tuna with one meal. That's the equivalent of just one penny in $20,000. The World Health Organization states that fillings produce the majority of human exposure to mercury on the planet. And here's why I bring this up, folks. The FDA has taken the stance that the amount of mercury people get from fillings is not large enough to cause any health concerns. For you New Yorkers, they're saying, eh, just forget about it. You know, here's the thing. Nobody eats fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day of their lives, right? You don't. I don't. If you have an amalgam filling in your mouth, they release, this releases mercury vapors every minute of every hour of every day, 365 days a year. The mercury vapors from these dental fillings cross your blood-brain barrier and get into your central nervous system. From there, it can lead to neurological damage. You know, and it's, it's sad. The first thing that many OBGYN doctors tell their pregnant patient is to limit eating fish because it contains mercury. But rarely in this discussion will the pregnant patient be told of the dangerous effects that her amalgam fillings may have on her unborn child. This is puzzling to me considering there's no evidence that eating wild-caught fish leads to a dangerous buildup of mercury in the body. Most seafood lovers, you know, they eat fish two times per week. I fall in that category. And during my research, I explored cultures that eat massive amounts of fish every day. I said, All right, well, what happens if you do eat it? 
every single day. And I found a 12-year study conducted in the Seychelles Islands in the Indian Indian Ocean, and they found no negative health effects from dietary exposure to mercury through heavy fish consumption. This culture eats more than a dozen fish meals every week, and the mercury levels taken and measured from these natives are approximately 10 times higher than those measured in the United States. However, none of the, none of the studied natives that they studied have ever had any ill effects from the mercury in fish. You know, and we're told that the fetus is the most at risk for mercury poisoning, you know, the fetus if the mom eats this fish. And, you know, that's concerning to me. So I, I researched and, and actually I couldn't find any evidence to support this. I know we've been told it for decades. I just wanted to find some proof. I did find a, st a study of children in Bristol, England that showed that offspring of pregnant women who consume high amounts of fish during pregnancy actually showed higher IQ tests. That same study found no adverse development effects associated with mercury. Measurements of the amount of mercury in umbilical cords of over a thousand infants were conducted. The amount of mercury detected was minuscule and not associated with any negative neurodevelopment. Still not convinced? Two years ago, the American Journal of Epidemiology published a study on the maternal consumption of fish during pregnancy and the uh, psychological development of the child, and they concluded consumption of fish was associated with better neurological development, verbal intelligence, better perception, social behavior, and increased attention. Now, are there any studies out there when I was looking that showing maternal consumption of fish can lead to negative health consequences? Yes, I did actually find research. It was conducted at the Faroe Islands, located approximately halfway between Norway and Iceland. This study examined the neurological and developmental effects of maternal consumption of pilot whale meat, which is the primary seafood consumed by pregnant women in that region. Clinical evidence and testing did not reveal any clear-cut mercury-related abnormalities. However, a slight lack of attention and memory was noticed in children. But what the study failed to mention is that whale meat is one of the few species of seafood that contains more mercury than selenium. Remember, selenium naturally found in fish counteracts any adverse effects of mercury exposure. Selenium naturally protects the cells of the brain. So, okay, if you see whale meat on the menu at a restaurant, don't order it. <laughs> you know, what really gets under my skin is that people avoid fish because of the mercury fear, but they have no issues with getting a flu shot every year using antiseptic ointments and nasal sprays and eye drops and spermicides or even using diaper rash cream on their babies. All of these contain thimerosal, an antimicrobial preservative Thimerosal is 50% mercury by weight, and this mercury kills organisms and prevents the growth of fungi. Now, most flu shots recommended for routine administration to pregnant women and children contain an unsafe level of this thimerosal. Okay, so the FDA recommends that pregnant females and children be cautious about consuming fish because they contain mercury. But injecting mercury directly into their bloodstream is okay? There's something fishy going on here, folks. 
Let's follow the money. Approximately 140 drugs and vaccines used in the U.S. contain mercury. Thimerosal is used in concentrations of one part per hundred thousand and summer at one part per ten thousand. That's a lot of mercury. However, the FDA considers a mercury level of 0.6 parts per million in fish to be high and should be avoided. Holy mackerel, folks. I mean, this is, am I the only one seeing this as being odd? You know, so, so why has fish become this black sheep of food? Why? Well, our government puts beef and milk from a cow at the top of the nation's dietary guidelines, but not fish. And fish is so good for us. Milk is actually the worst thing you can put into your mouth. I, I devote an entire chapter in my book on how milk does a body bad. And there's no denying the research showing excessive red meat has been linked to colon cancer, the second leading cause of death among all cancers. But our government's food guidelines lists, list hamburgers as being healthier than fish. Why the favoritism? Again, just follow the money. The number one customer of the pharmaceutical industry is farm animals. In fact, 80% of all antibiotics sold in the U.S. are administered to farm animals. And number one customer on the list is the cow. That's why the government's food pyramid recommends drinking milk, eating steak, and hamburger. It's a huge moneymaker for the FDA and big pharma. Then there's the multi-billion dollar growth hormone industry, and this is pumped into cattle as well, and the government makes a lot of money, folks, from the beef industry. That's why they're the ones they push the most, and of course, we can't leave out the pesticides and the herbicides used on our fruits and veggies, another multi-billion dollar moneymaker. You see, when a fisherman catches a wild-caught fish and sells it to a store or restaurant, there's no money in it. No antibiotics, no growth hormones that are used or herbicides, pesticides, or sulfur drugs. Fish are not a moneymaker for the government or big pharma, so they belittle its nutritional value and scare you away from eating it. All right, now that I've hopefully debunked the mercury fish farce, there is a dark side of the fish industry, and it's called farm-raised. You know, nothing says wholesome like those two words, farm fresh. You know, from veggies, fruits, to the grain we eat, food is perceived as healthy, as long as it's fresh off the farm. Well, that's not the case when it comes to fish. Farmed fish are commercially raised in cages or tanks. The most common farm-raised fish are salmon, carp, tilapia, catfish, and cod. Because these farmed fish live in confinement, they don't get any exercise. And guess what that means? They accumulate a lot of fat. The most commonly farmed fish is the Atlantic salmon, and this is also the most popular fish eaten in America. 90% of the salmon sold in the United States is farm-raised. Concentrations of PCBs are higher in farm-raised fish because it accumulates in the fat. Remember, there's more fat in farm-raised fish. That's where these toxins live. There are also other toxins found in farm-raised salmon, including uh, toxaphene, which is a banned insecticide linked to cancer, and deldrin, that's been linked to Parkinson's disease and breast cancer. Obese farm-raised salmon, you know what? They're a haven for these toxic chemicals because they migrate to the fat. A wild-caught 
salmon is a professional swimmer, right? He swims upstream. Have you ever seen a human that's a marathon swimmer have fat? Very little. So these professional swimmers get to swim and they don't have fat like farm-raised fish do. Another thing that may surprise you about farm-raised salmon is its meat is gray. Wild salmon eat krill. These are tiny shrimp-like crustaceans that contain carotenoids, which have a natural orange pigment. This is where they get their color from. Farm-raised salmon, they're fed corn and soy, poultry litter, and hydrolyzed chicken feathers. Because of this unnatural diet, farm-raised salmon meat doesn't turn its natural orange to red color, but rather a less appetizing light gray. Consumers won't eat gray-colored salmon. I wouldn't, would you? So, in order to make these artificially grown fish look natural, farmers use chemicals to dye their insides for aesthetic purposes. Also, because farm-raised fish are crammed together in cages, they bite each other, which creates infections and requires antibiotics. When farm-raised salmon are fed antibiotics, we ingest these drugs when we consume the fish. Okay, so just avoid farm-raised salmon, right? Well, unfortunately, that's easier said than done. See, labels can be misleading. A consumer report study found 53% of fish labels claiming to be wild-caught are actually farm-raised. So that means we need to do a little detective work. Farm-raised salmon sells year-round, while wild-caught salmon is generally available from June through October. If you're on a budget, eat canned salmon. Farm salmon doesn't can well, so most salmon sold in a can are wild caught. You want to be wary on color. Farm-raised salmon has been fed artificial coloring to fool you, so you really want to, but you can't fool Mother Nature, so you, you can you can detect from your eyes. You want to avoid like light orange or this excessively pink-colored salmon, especially when you see white striations between the meat. That's fat. Those are fat layers. That's where the toxins live. That's farm-raised. You can easily recognize wild salmon because it contains minimal fat, and the color is a deeper, darker shade of red that is more consistent throughout. You can also take the taste test. Wild salmon tastes tangier without that metallic taste, and the meat has a firmer consistency. To reduce your exposure of PCBs, you should really trim off any fat you see before cooking. And remember, fat is where these chemicals migrate. So you can choose things like broiling, baking, or grilling over frying as these cooking methods allow the PCB in the fat to cook off the fish. All right. And finally, let me put the parasite concern to rest. Parasites do not present any health concern whatsoever in cooked fish. Parasites are only a concern in rare instances, pun intended, if somebody eats raw fish. Well, just like raw chicken, raw eggs, raw beef, and raw pork would come with the risk of parasites or bacteria, so does eating raw fish. However, once again, fish is the only food that gets grouped into this beware of parasites group. Give me a break. All right, so there you have it. Fish is healthy and it should be a part of your diet. Eat fish, it's so good for you. If you have not gotten your copy of my number one best-selling book, Food Sanity, it's available everywhere books are sold, or you can go to foodsanity.com. To stay up to date with all my latest articles, videos, and podcasts, go to drdavidfriedman.com. And while you're there, be sure and sign up for my free newsletter for all the latest health 
tips and tidbits and news you can use. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard me share something today that somebody you know needs to hear this, they can benefit from, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to you, goodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com. And while there, be sure and check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.